Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Lavery. Um, flying solo tonight. Uh, Susie is uh, out enjoying an evening with her husband, so I uh, hope the, they have a, a great time, and um, you know we'll be happy to have Susie back next week. But for uh, this week, I'm going to be uh, uh, the lone voice here tonight, uh, except for our guest. So um, I know our guest has been on uh, the Paddle and Fin Show uh uh, a few times he's been um, on with uh, Brian on the OG show, and he's also been on Rusty Hook a ton. Uh, but this is the his first time on the Bass Fishing for Noobs uh, uh, show, so I just wanted to take a second and welcome Chris Payne to the show. So welcome, Chris. How are you, brother? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you, Sean? I'm hanging in there. Um, busy, busy, but uh, I'm, I'm sure you are too. I mean, you're going to be uh, working while we're doing this, so that's uh, definitely yeah. cool. Um, for the, the folks who maybe uh, didn't catch you on any of the other shows, um, why don't you just let them know who you are, where you're from? Yeah. Um, so, I'm Chris Payne, the owner of Payne Outdoors and, uh, been kayak fishing since 2003. Uh, so 20 year anniversary, uh, was in February and, awesome. um, I'm based out of central Texas. So I'm North of Austin, South of Dallas. That's a good spot. Good spot to be. What did, uh, what, what kayak did you start out with back in 2003? I started with a, um, with a nine foot sit inside Pelican Ram X Endeavor. <laughs> um, so it was a sit in, it was the only one that the local Academy sold. Um, and it was, so I got married end of 2002 
and my wife knew I loved fishing. I think we went went fishing more than we went on dates when we were dating. Um, and I told her, I want a bass boat. I want a bass boat. And she's like, look, we've got a tax return coming. If you can find a bass boat for that. Well, our tax <laughs> return was $400. And she said I could have half of it to spend on a bass boat. So I got into a kayak um, because it's what I could afford. Uh, I strapped it on top of my vehicle with some yellow nylon dock <laughs> anchor rope and, uh, and didn't look back. Uh, so I'm, you can't really tell it on camera, but I, I'm six, two. I was fishing out of a nine foot sitting kayak crammed in like sardines. Um, but I loved it so much. Um, and I fished out of that, uh, kayak for almost seven years. Wow. Uh, before I was finally able, able to upgrade and, and do some stuff, but, um, did that was, even have rod holders or anything where you just kind of throw no, it all in there? Yeah. No, that's no, what I was no. Say. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I kept a, I kept a small little bag, uh, that wasn't waterproof in front of me. And, um, I had, um, basically a, enough room on the sides that I could put rod holders down by my, or I could put rods down by my legs sticking out the back and then I could paddle and I had to kind of lean forward to paddle, uh, so that I didn't hit the rods or break a rod or anything like that. It was a weird looking thing, but there wasn't anybody else out in any kayaks. It's not like there were options really at that point. Everything right. was almost wreck, especially in West Texas. Like there were no paddle shops in West Texas then. Uh, and so, it, you know, those were my options and I'm, I'm really glad for it because I've actually, to this day, even though I could buy one, if I wanted to um, have never owned a bass boat. So awesome. it's been all kayaks <laughs> for me. So, and uh, what are you fishing out of right now? Um, so I'm on the uh, fishing team with Jackson. So I spend, uh, tournaments in uh, the NAR with the new Mark IV drive. And then uh, like for my Heroes on the Water outings. Uh, so I'm one of the um, one of the officers for our Fort Hood chapter of Heroes on the Water. I fish out of uh, the Kusa X now. Okay. Um, so it's, uh, it's perfect for putting into those uh, smaller areas and uh, being able to chase guys down to get fish off hooks and help them rig up and stuff like that and not have to worry about a pedal drive and um, it's easy to load. So I car top all, mm -hmm. uh, all of my stuff. I even car top the NAR. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, if, if people want to check that out on TikTok, I'm paint outdoors pretty much everywhere, but uh, I have a video of how I load that 145 pound NAR on top of my Subaru Forester. Um, and it's not just sheer strength. Like I'm not a, I'm not a gym rat. Uh, it's actually leverage and physics on how you do it. And anybody can do it. Like okay. anybody can do it. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. I didn't realize you were involved with heroes on the water either. I, I actually yeah. said wearing my shirt, I'm involved with the, uh, the central PA chapter here, uh, pretty heavily involved. Uh, not quite an officer yet. They wanted me to be treasurer this year. And I was like, I just took over the, uh, there's, <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm uh, on the board or the uh, one of the directors for our local kayak anglers too, and I I was yeah. like, man, not quite yet. Let me let me get one one <laughs> one season of uh, tournament directing under my belt before I jump into anything else. But uh, but yeah, no, it's definitely a, a um a, what I want to say, an organization that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, I got involved with them 
probably uh, three or four years ago and, and have pretty much dived in heavily to helping them to go into all the events, going to some shows and, you know, sitting up at yeah. booths and stuff. So definitely yeah. uh, cool to hear that and, uh, you know, definitely uh, share that love with you. So, yeah, and, uh, it's, uh, it's super rewarding. I love it. Um, we've been going. So I was a founding member of the chapter here uh, a little over 10 years ago. So okay. we've, we've been going for quite a while and uh, we've got an amazing group of guys and our, our current leader um, is a military vet. Uh, we're lucky to have military vets retire in this area. And so once they experience it, we kind of have a joke, right? Uh, the, the first time that you come to Heroes on the Water, you're, you're a participant. The second time you come to Heroes on the Water, you're a volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I can see where that uh, comes into because we have kind of followed a similar path with our volunteers as well. But, yep. but it, 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 you know, and I, I've done a whole, I've done shows on Heroes on the Water before too. And, but just to reiterate that, I mean, yeah, you know, for folks who have never tried it, just to, to go and watch somebody, you know, push off from shore uh, you know, carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders and have them come back and see the difference in the person when they step out of that kayak is just, uh, to me, it's that's amazing. what makes it all worth it. And um, yep. so definitely uh, an experience. If uh, any of you guys are interested in trying it, uh, just look online and find your local chapter and just go out and just volunteer one time. Uh, you'll, you'll, you're yep. going to be hooked. So it's all well, it cool, takes. man. So um Obviously, um, Chris uh, is the uh, owner of Paint Outdoors, and uh, he he uh, does a great job making a ton of baits, and he's actually doing that in the process. So it's kind of cool to get to watch you at work. Um, yeah. How did you get involved with uh, getting you know making your own baits and you know getting your own uh, your own gig going there? Yeah. So I um, well, I guess it was during the pandemic. I had uh, some friends locally that. Uh, we're making baits and one of them uh, so it's a husband and wife team R RPG outdoors here in central Texas and they're also volunteers with our heroes on the water chapter and you know we're all just good friends and fish together and all of that and um, the uh, so Angela the wife uh, she um, started having some some back issues and and some different things and she wasn't able to basically stand and do this for very long and and i said hey do you guys need help shooting baits and it started out, oh, yeah don't worry about it it's not a problem and uh i came out and uh you know just shot some baits just to kind of play around and then i ended up helping them shoot baits for like a year and um they're like look you you've really helped us out but you could completely do that. Like, it's not <laughs> going to hurt our feelings if you like, because you've already got your own brand. Paint Outdoors is 10 years old. We started in 2012. It'll be 11 uh, in August. And and they're like, dude, you've already got a brand. You've already got a follow. Just sell your own baits. It's fine. And um, they're like, we really appreciate the help. And they, they've been amazing partners. They've taught me everything I know. They've been, you know, we've gone in together on a lot of different things. And, um, you know, we, we have a, I mean, it's not an agreement, but, uh, we kind of talked about, Hey, let's, let's try to carry different stuff. So we're not directly competing. Right. Um, Which is smart. So, 
yeah and and it's it's worked out great and robert and angela are amazing they make amazing plastics and and do just really cool stuff so um if you you know if you're looking for custom-made soft plastics like we we use basically the same stuff and uh you know we have different styles but it's yeah definitely a way to go well, we'll definitely include a link to them in the show notes so that uh, folks can find both them and you and, and you know, see awesome. what you both have to offer. I did. Um, I was checking out your Facebook page a little bit earlier and, uh, you know, just watching you uh, like some of the videos on how to shoot baits and stuff. I thought it was really cool. Like I always yeah. wondered how you end up with a tail that's a different color. And, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. I watched a, a video on that and it, it totally makes sense. I was like, how the heck do you do that? How does it get joined there and look perfect? Yeah. Look at that. Like that guy right there yeah um yeah and um you know we do a lot of uh we do a lot of teaching people how to do that on like uh, tiktok primarily um I, about once a week i'll do a live that will go live for about an hour and a half and we'll show people different techniques and then let them suggest different colors um you know they'll they'll be like hey can you show me how to do this or show me how to do this uh, this is one of the baits from that. It's uh, chartreuse tipped on both ends. It's clear, has blue flake in the middle. Uh, right. Like it's uh, it's really wonky. You're not going to find this in a store. Uh, here, let me. Ooh, there we go. Very cool. Uh, so it you know looks way different than anything else, and uh, that's really kind of what I focus on when I do those lives is teaching people how to do that stuff, and then being able to um you know do some cool custom colors we get a lot of requests for like bubblegum pink oh yeah uh and, you know people are like hey can you make a pink uh, yeah, yes <laughs> um we do uh we have some crazy size stuff i had a guy oh wow say, look at that can you, can you find me a big lizard and i said oh yeah absolutely <laughs> so this is uh this is our new kind of godzilla lizard we oh my goodness on the website so it is eight inches from the bend here to the top of the head, um, but its tail goes down long. So this thing just is an absolute spiral. Oh in my the water. goodness! I bet. And so I've got a lot of bed fishermen that are looking for that right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you like so many people throw magnum worms, and that just adds a little bit extra. It's something different that oh, yeah. you know, you know, once you've seen a million magnum worms. That just that yep. little bit of difference is going to be awesome. That's great. Absolutely. Cool. And, well, um, uh, yeah. What else yeah. you got? Um, so I know we were going to talk about fishing and uh, you know <laughs> talking about bed fishing. That kind of leads us into that. If you want to go ahead and uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So um, I uh, one of the things that I happened to stumble on on Jackson's page was a article mm -hmm. that Chris had written uh, about. And we'll, we'll link the article in the uh, the description as well, because it's a, a very cool article with tons of good uh, maps, uh, you know, that will help you guys, uh, you know, learn to read maps and stuff and kind of know how to follow bass. Uh, the, the whole point of the article is is uh, basically tracking bath, locating bass uh from pre-spawn time through the spawn and then post-spawn so you know basically instead of just having to pick one time of uh year to kind of go out and try and uh you know find these uh nice bass you can actually kind of follow them along through as they progress through the season and know where to look and um 
So after reading that article, I reached out to Chris and asked him if he would come on and kind of, uh, you know, give us the the overview of that and, you know, you know, dig in where we want to. But uh, he was gracious enough to say yes. So um, that was kind of my the impetus for me asking him to be on the show tonight. So um, that was what we were going to cover. So um, I know you, you basically called it your strategy uh, for yeah. locating bass through through the spawn. So I wanted to see, you know. Obviously, we're, you know, I, well, I don't know. I'm in Pennsylvania, so we're just getting warm enough to start. Uh, you know, I think I, I was out on our local reservoir on Tuesday night and the water temperature was 43. Okay. But now we, we've had okay. uh, probably three days this week in the 70s. So it's going to start warming up, I think, pretty rapidly. This weekend's supposed to be a little cooler, but then next week we're going to have all five days in the 70s. So I think the water temperature is going to be getting right to that good spot so but you and texas yeah. you're probably well past that i would think right or or maybe not yeah yeah we're so we're in the spot right now it's actually cold and rainy we had a cold front come through last night so it's 52 degrees here right now this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and tecovis is your stop for the best in western style tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer including men's and women's boots apparel hats bags and more Altacovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Okay. Um, but it was uh, 91 on Monday. Oh, so, my goodness. Yeah, wow. Texas is just wow, wow, wow. This time of year, you never know. It, it, it could snow or you could have a tornado or you could have a sunburn. It, like, it's just all, <laughs> all in there. But, um, yeah, so I think, you know, you hit on, an, an, on a very important point is kind of when this strategy starts is at about 50-degree water temp. Uh, so... And I realize this is kind of bass fishing for noobs, so I will uh, I will spin this that way, uh, understanding that that that's the audience. So at 50 degrees, you have bass that are going to leave their winter haunts uh, and start moving towards their spawning grounds because sometimes, depending on what the what year, uh, sometimes the water can go from 50 degrees to that magic 60 degrees which is where bass will start to bed and start to spawn um, fairly rapidly. Uh, like sometimes within a two week stretch, 
um, it can do that. Uh, it won't move quite that fast in deep, like Highland reservoirs and stuff like that. But if you have a lake with a maximum depth of say 20 to 30 feet, mm -hmm. it's going to warm up pretty quick. Um, so what you're looking for is when you hit 50 degrees, you need to start thinking about these strategies and we need to think about kind of that, um, basically the 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 way to find the springtime speedway for the bass right how they're going to get from their winter haunts to their pre-spawn stage to the spawning stage and there's an easy way to find that with maps and that's what we lay out in that article uh, on jacksonkayak.com is the first the easiest thing to do is to locate where you're pretty sure the bass are going to spawn. You know they're not going to be there, but locate either on the map or with a map and doing some water recon. Find out, okay, where are the bass going to spawn? Keep in mind that the northwest side of the lake is going to warm up the fastest this time of year uh, because of the sun's position and uh, everything. What you also need to look for in a spawning ground is typically you want something that is protected from the wind from three directions um, now i read so, that in there and i was curious how that works is it like tree cover on the shore that blocks wind or um, what blocks wind it, it could be bluffs it could be um you know banks that rise up it could be tree cover like dense tree cover you may have juniper bushes or cedar bushes or uh, you might have tall pines or whatever that cut the wind from high to keep it from sweeping down uh, there's a lot of different ways, but you can, if you have kayak fished on that body of water before, um, or even in a, in a bass boat, really doesn't matter. Um, you think about it as the place you would go if the wind was blowing 30 miles an hour. Gotcha. Right. You know, those, those coves that kind of have those shallow flats and, and that kind of stuff. You're, you're going to want to look for those places, but sometimes you, Shallow water can be dead water for spawning. And this is the key. You have to pay attention to what is under the water because if it is mud, the bass will not spawn there. It doesn't matter. And if they have any other option, they will go somewhere else. They're, they're looking for ideally small pea gravel uh, because it's easy to brush away. It doesn't bloody up their tails uh, that much. It's easy for them to defend. There's not as many creatures coming out of it, you know, because if they if they were to spawn on these big rocks, on tops of these big rocks, which you will see sometimes uh, when smaller gravel is not available, but crawdads will get all in their nests and mess with it. Bluegill will have places to hide and then they can ambush and then go hide again. Um, and so they prefer the pea gravel. It gives good vision. It's easy to brush off. It's easy, a nice firm bottom. Um, and usually places like that have a lot of sunlight and you're going to get heat penetration, which is going to warm up those rocks, which are going to help those fry. Uh, so lots of, lots of things to look there. So if you're like, oh man, this is an awesome flat, but it's all mud. Don't waste your time. Don't waste now, your time. And, and figuring out the bottom composition. Um, uh, I know on a, on a, on, when you're looking at your fish finder, that's going to be uh, by the color, right? So a denser yeah. bottom shows up much different than a, a mud bottom, right? Or a rock bottom shows yeah, up. Yeah. So, so typically brighter uh, means harder. 
So like when you're looking at fish, I don't know if anybody catfishes uh, on here. I know this is bass fishing for noobs, but when you're looking for big flathead catfish, you can actually see their skulls radiate yellow. That's how you tell the difference between them and like a striper or something uh, in the water or a bass is because they'll have this kind of diamond plate that'll show up on your graph because it, I mean, it is hard as concrete the tops of their heads. Huh. Um, and so um, the, the bottom contour is going to do the same thing. It's going to shine bright yellow. Um, and what I recommend for vi finding bottom composition, I know everybody's got like 3d side live <laughs> super satellite sonar, but man, put it on the old 2d with the red, yellow, and blue mm -hmm. and look for the yellow bottom. That's hard pack bottom. Uh, if you've got any kind of, if it's kind of mushy and it's got, you know, different, different colors in it, or it doesn't show up well, or it's real fuzzy looking like don't don't waste your time with that if you don't have sonar or you don't know how to read a sonar uh tie on a ned rig or a shaky head mm -hmm. and cast it out across an area and drag it back slow you'll be able to feel it mm -hmm. um, right because if it's mud it's just gonna it's just gonna suck down in it and if it's and if it's gravel it's gonna tick 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 as you're coming through it and chances are if you've got cheap shaky heads or whatever you may even chip some paint yep so, cool um, so yeah that makes sense so that so now we know uh basically where we know where they're gonna spawn where they're headed right yeah yeah okay so that's good so we marked that and now we need to understand okay where is deep water related to that like how close is it um because typically in a place like that there's going to be a deep water channel or a turn or something like that find the deepest water there and, and if you're in a two foot flat and you're not in a super deep thing, it may be an eight foot deep channel, right? And it may only be as wide as your kayak or something like that. Mm -hmm. But find that and work your way backwards to where the fish will stage up for the winter. So winter, winter, you know, there's a lot of people that, oh, I don't like to fish in the winter or whatever. But then you hear about these guys that go catch these huge bags in the winter and you're like, what, what are they, what are they doing? Well, it's because the bass stack up like firewood. They know it's cold. So they're imitating firewood. And, and they are, they are just stuck to the bottom, kind of like logs and you'll just see them. Boom, 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 boom. It's like somebody laid out a bunch of logs on the bottom of your sonar. They're going to be in deep water. Um, they're going to be near structure. So boulders, big trees, uh, they're going to be on long points with a turn where the channel turns on the end of them. Um, I had a guide teach me back in 19, gosh, probably 97 or 98. He taught me a term that I still use every, every time I go fishing. And, and he just said, what you're looking for is not a spot. You're looking for a spot on a spot. You're looking for trees that are also on the end of a long point. And if you can find a spot on a spot on a spot, then you're going to find fish every time. Because if you find a channel swing, with a long point that goes out to it with timber on the bottom of it or boulders, there's going to be fish there guaranteed right. every right. time. And so what you want to find are those deep water spot on the spot on the spot and, and look at kind of what you're dealing with, right? Because they're not going to be up shallow because they'll have to deal with the wind and the colder temps. They're looking for deeper water that'll hold temp better uh, based on what's going on above the surface. And so then all you have to do once you locate the winter spot and the spawning spot is find the channel that connects those. Then 
what we do. So if it's 50 degrees, right, we're not close to 60. Uh, if it's 50 degrees, we start at the winter spot and we go down the highway scanning for fish and fishing with like moving baits, right? So what you have to remember is these fish have been kind of lethargic for the winter. Big bass, especially if you're looking for big bass, will eat like once a day. They're going to eat every day, but they're going to eat once a day and it's going to be something big so that they can eat once and then go back to just chilling. That's why all these guys throw these huge monster swim baits in the winter. <laughs> you know, you're throwing a, a, you know, an eight inch Huddleston or, you know, mag drafts a, and yeah. mag drafts. Yeah. All of a sudden slow cranking this stuff, these big boot tails or, uh, you know, things like that. Um, so that's what they've done all winter. Now, they're like, oh, you know what? It feels kind of nice, and maybe maybe I need – it's time to go find, you know, where we're going to do spring break. And so they start <laughs> they start to move. And then they start looking around them, and here's the, here's the beautiful thing. Most of your bait fish, like, are, are going to be potted up. And so, you know, if you're a fat kid that walks into a free pizza buffet, you're going to eat more than one slice. So we got we to gotta think about that when the bass are starting to move and they see these pods of bait. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, here we go. So they're going to be more active. So what you can get away with is you can fish moving baits. So this is the time of year I like to throw a crankbait. You know, a crankbait that's going to, if I can locate bait and figure out what depth they're at, I want to fish a crankbait that's going to go right through the middle of whatever that bait is. So if they're suspended at 12 foot, I, I need to fish a crankbait that goes between 10 and 12 feet. Like I, I need, I need to be able to be at the level the bait is because what the bait is telling you is there's probably a thermocline there and there's probably more oxygen there uh, than anywhere else in the water column. And so they're doing that. They're trying to stay warm and stay together and kind of protect and do all of these things. So fi find the bait on your graph. If you can't find the bait on your graph or you don't have a graph, let's say you don't have a graph. Mm -hmm. I, I would tie on like a Strike King 5XD and throw the absolute snot out of that. Or if you're fishing deeper, like I, I fish a Highland Reservoir. We've got water up to 130 feet, but I'm not fishing that deep ever. Um, but I could have bass in 20 to 25 feet pretty frequently. Okay. Um, that are that are at that depth. I'm tying on a 6XD. Okay. Um, and and I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna crank and I'm gonna I'm gonna burn that thing down. Here's the here's the big uh, a big mistake that I see a lot of people doing, and Keith Combs actually taught me this. I don't know how many of of the listeners and viewers know who Keith Combs is. He fishes for Strike King. He's on uh, you know the Pro Tour and all that stuff. He was actually sitting in I think sixth place um, for this last weekend going in the last day. But um, Keith is is an awesome fisherman. He's a guy based out of Texas, and um, I have gotten to fish with him a couple of times. And he, he is known for crankbaits. Like he throws a Strike King XD like it's his job because it is his job. That is his <laughs> favorite bait. He's won more money off of those baits than anything. And and he said what people screw up with with crankbaits is they, you know, they've got a five to one or six to one reel so they can reel slow. But they take forever to get the bait down and the bait never gets down to depth by the time because most people can't throw their bait cast reels far enough 
to let the arc come through and actually get it to the depth. Or if it gets to the depth, it doesn't stay there long. And then it starts right. coming right back up. Right. And he said, what, what you got to do is you got to throw that thing as far as you can or let line out if you need to and move away from it. And then you need to crank it as fast as you can until you start getting and st- until you're at that depth that you want to be at. And then you can slow down because once you've gotten that bill through the water, right, and gotten it down to that depth, it'll maintain that depth with a standard crank. But if you're just kind of standard cranking it, it's going to take forever to get down there. So mm-hmm. speed it down, make that bill almost hit, you know, vertical and just just torpedo all the way to the bottom until you get there and then start your standard crank. And that will keep you in the strike zone for those bass way longer. That's, that's a very good tip. And I, I, I feel like, you know, a lot of people do struggle to get, you know, like when you say you're fishing a crankbait at 20, 25 feet, I mean, I, in my mind, I'm thinking that's max depth for most crankbaits, you know, yeah. um, that's really getting down there. You know, obviously the six XDs are made to do that. Um, do you, yeah. is there like, does line choice play into that, that at all? Like, um, like what gets deeper or. Yeah. Well, so it, it really depends on what I'm fishing, right? Um, because if I if I'm fishing in a lot of timber, I want to fish a stiffer line, so I've got a better chance of knocking it out with a pop pop. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm fishing mono, it's got so much stretch at 25 feet, I'm not going to get that out without a plug knocker. Yep. Right. Uh, so if I hang it in a tree with mono, it ain't, it ain't coming out uh, without a plug knocker. Um, with fluoro or a fluoro hybrid, you know what? Let me let me give away a little secret here. Um, okay. let me we see always love juice can... here on the Noob Show. Whoop, did I lose you? Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. We're having a bit of technical difficulties, ladies and gents. Oh, there he's back. So the, uh, if you are a weekend angler, yep, there it is. And you're not fishing a bunch of tournaments, but you want to learn how to, uh, fish crankbaits and, and you want the best of both worlds and you don't have the ability or the desire to, uh, constantly switch out your line. Mm-hmm. Look that up. Missouri hybrid. Yes. So this is a 600-yard spool, Yozuri Hybrid. It's nine bucks. Oh, wow. And so if you are looking at filling, you know, a Cardiff or a 
let's say a, a, a Corrado 300B or a big Daiwa or something like that, mm-hmm. if you're looking at filling that up um, and you want to do it on the cheap, but you also don't want crap line, the Yozuri Hybrid has been amazing for me. And I, I'm not sponsored by Yozuri by any means. And there are other applications where I don't use it. But uh, like for crankbaits, I think it's a perfect blend because you get some stretch like mono, but you also get some rigidity uh, that you would get you, uh, that you would get from fluoro. And so it's a it's a perfect blend for me on the on the budget, right? Um, so you get a good line, budget line, six hundred yards for nine bucks. You can't hardly beat that. Um, and it works great for bait casters and crankbaits, things where you're going to have heavier baits. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for like spinning reels or like finesse applications because it's just got, it, it, it's just a little too rigid for that really. And I think that, uh, you know, Seaguar and, uh, and Sniper make, you know, Sunline Sniper uh, are a little better suited for some of that finesse stuff. Right, right. No, and I, that's basically what I use on m- most of my spinning rods uh, for leaders. Well, cause yeah. I use, I use braid to leader for most of my spinning rods now at this point. And yeah. I pretty much run uh sniper pretty much as my leader 90% yeah. of the time I have, I still have some Invis X laying around that I, I'll use just cause I have it. But, uh, but I, I feel like that's old school now, right? We used <laughs> yeah. to all like jump on the yellow box CR Invis X and, and then they came out with 3000 other types of fluoro and it's like, Oh yeah, right. I forgot, I forgot about this guy. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're fishing crankbaits and we're moving fast, work your way back towards the spawning areas. Um, and, and you're going to find fish and those fish will be stacked up there today. They may not be stacked up there tomorrow, right? They're going to continue to move down that high highway, especially if the water temp has changed. Those fish are not going to be there. So uh, this time of year, when I hear guys say, man, like we were on them in practice and then a cold front came through and my fish disappeared. Well, they just moved up or down the highway, depending on what the water did. Um, And so if you're, if you're fishing tournaments and you've got your spawning place and you've got the winter place and you've made the connection of where that kind of springtime super speedway is, then you basically just have to fish from point A to point B and your fish are going to be somewhere along there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and I think too many people get stuck on a spot and they're like, man, I found this tree and it was stacked with fish. And then I, you know, they bang it hard during practice for three days. Um, and then almost inevitably Thursday or Friday, a front's going to come through. And then they're like, man, they're not on that tree anymore. Well, <laughs> if the tree's the only spot you got, you're going to struggle. It, right. Unless the weather holds, you're going to yeah. struggle. And how often does that happen where the weather is the same from the beginning of practice through tournament day? Never. It, yeah. <laughs> never. It never happens. That's, that, that's, that's why you'll have these guys that jackpot like a one-day tournament, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, they, they can just show up and they haven't done any pre-fishing. Well, it's because they don't have bad information in their head. They don't, they're not memory fishing, right? They're, they're spot fishing and they're not tied to this idea of, man, I caught a six pounder in here yesterday. Where is it today? Well, that six pounder is not going to eat again. And you, yeah, like, so anyway, um, so I think, and then once you find your spawning grounds, right? Uh, once you find that, 
now it's time to slow down. All right, now it's time to start dragging your swim jigs or your big lizard baits or, um, you know, being able to flip a creature bait in there or something like that. Because if you're throwing a jerk bait through, uh, through a bed field, you're not going to catch much. <laughs> you might catch something by the tail, but you're not going to catch much because they're not going to leave for that. You have to agitate the fish when, when you're going into fishing that spawn. And so uh, just think of it as once it hits 50, it's okay to fish fast. And then once it hits spawn, you got to slow down. So fish fast at 50 and slow down for the spawn. It's, it's an alliteration. It's easy to remember. Right. But, uh, before you're at 40 or like if I, if I were going to come fish your waters in Pennsylvania this weekend and we weren't going to go fish a river uh, for smallmouth and we were going to fish a lake or a reservoir um, at 43 degrees, I, I would figure out every topo map I could and look at everything and find those winter spots. And I would just go spot check and just, just go scan for fish. And nope, they're not here. Move go scan for fish they're not here move because there's not going to be that many places where fish are going to be held up in the winter the winter time they're they're stacked they're absolutely stacked um because there is a lot more shallow water than there is deep water in the lake Mm -hmm. so for sure it's it's easier pickings a lot of guys throw alabama rig uh you know it's not legal in some places to throw alabama rigs anymore but um a lot of a lot of places like in Texas, you can still throw it. So, um, yep, PA weekend too. So, yeah, that's uh, that's another one. Uh, if you want to, you know, find fish fast, imitate a imitate a bait school. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yep. Yeah. And um, and then um, uh, post spawn, they do they turn around and head back up the highway then, or at that point, what what's your so so post spawn? It's you have to think of it as like summer break and everybody's going to kind of scatter and chase bait schools. So what happens is after the bass spawn, you start to get into the bluegill spawn. And so now you're looking for bluegill beds and they're just predatory going through and scooping up everything because they've had to babysit these stupid new kids for (laughs) two or three weeks to get them on their own. And the males don't do as good of a job, but whatever we've tolerated them. Now it's time (laughs) to break company and it's summer break. And they're going to look for, um, so if you've got thread thin shad, the thread thin shad are going to get going typically two to three weeks after the bass get going. And so when mama bass gets off the bed, she's going to look for big meals and she's going to just go bulldoze those big old shad schools. If you've got shad, if you don't have shad and bluegill are the primary forage, go scan for bluegill beds. Like uh, bluegill beds are the easiest to find with side scan. Oh, because yeah. you you can pick them up and it looks like moon craters just boom, 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 everywhere. And you're like, oh, God. And you better slow down and throw some crap through there. Um, so if I'm fishing bluegill beds, I love a dark sleeper uh, from Megabass. Like that is a that is an absolute hammer. I know that there are a lot of people that throw that uh, like Lake St. Clair and uh, places like that during the bluegill spawn because they, they just absolutely crush that bait. Uh, it looks like a goby, but now that uh, they have that, um, the, the sleeper, sleeper gill. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. I think I actually may have one of those. Um, but uh, the sleeper gill looks a little bit different. Has a yep. different profile. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll show you guys what, what that looks like right there. So that is a sleeper gill. 
So it's, it's a different pro profile. Uh, it's taller, right? It's taller, mimics a bluegill really well. Uh, the thing that I love about these, and, and it, this is like bass fishing for noobs, you guys may not even know about the Mega Bass Sleeper, um, but the hook is actually right here in between these two fins. So there are two fins that peel down right there, and that's the, that's the hook. So they're hidden, so it's almost weedless. Like, like you can run through weeds, and it'll typically go right through them. Mm -hmm. um, that makes it a great bait. Um, it's got the, the weight of it is down here on the bottom of the chin. So you can drag that thing slow across the bottom. It also swims beautifully. That big paddle tail gives it a, a lot of great motion. Um, it's good. Uh, you know, Berkeley's got their dark sleeper imitation, which is that guy. Um, <laughs> you know, it's got this monofilament. I, I bought some of them to try them out. I don't like them as well as the dark sleeper. They have a Berkeley power scent to it. It's fine. It's fine. And if you like that, great on you. But, um, you know, I, I got to give a shout out to uh, one of the guys that fishes nationally. He's the one that turned me on to the Dark Sleeper a long time ago, uh, Eric Siddiqui. Mm -hmm. um, he's We've like, had hey, Eric should... on before. Yep. Yeah. He's like, you should try this thing out and down in Texas because I don't see a lot of guys fishing it in Texas, but everybody in the north is fishing these things. And so I bought some off a of tackle warehouse. And, and the first day I went out, I caught like six fish over four pounds on it. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is killing so yep. um so that's a that's a great uh bait for bluegill uh and then if you're uh if you're fishing a shad spawn man uh jerk baits work fantastic uh that time you know during that time right that post spawn mm -hmm. they work now and they work in the winter jerk baits are pretty versatile um but you'll you'll notice if you watch like some of the pros fish on tv uh, you'll notice that sometimes they fish a jerk bait. Just it feels like they're doing this all day long, right? It'll like give you tennis elbow pretty bad. Um, and that's why a rod, a good rod for jerk baits, is important because it'll allow the rod to absorb that and not your elbow. Absolutely. Um, but it, yeah, we're dropping all those secrets today. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but um, you know, in the winter time, you're going to fish it way slower. Right. You're going to try to get it down to depth. Fish is spinning and you may let it sit for 10 seconds, 20 seconds before you move it again. It's almost like dead sticking. Yeah. Um, and, and that's so, uh, the, I've actually had uh, a lot of luck with that on the river this year. Uh, a buddy of mine, I was telling him, he's like, oh, I caught, you know, another 10 on the jerk bait. And I'm like, what are you doing? You know, I I'm, I'm trying to jerk it, uh, varying up my paw or my my paws. I'm waiting forever. He's like, just crank it down to depth and let it ride in the current. He's like, I don't yep. jerk it. I just crank it down to depth and let it ride in the current. So if you have current, that works really well. And I that that was a little trick I picked up this winter, and I was like, wow, that works amazing. Look at that. So, yeah, I I, I do like a jerk bait. I do like a jerk bait. Um, but you know, there's uh, there's a ton of different techniques that you can use. Um, I would say probably seventy five percent of the year, I fish soft plastics. Mm -hmm. uh, because I can make them in the body size and in the exact colors that I want. And I can match the hatch, uh, as to what's going on this year. Like all of this stuff behind me are all custom colors that, that I make for different times of the year, different applications, different body styles. Um, and so I fish a lot of soft plastics because I don't have to hope that Academy or Walmart or Bass Pro or Cabela's have the color that I'm looking for because everybody knows 
as soon as somebody jumps on Facebook and says, man, we were smashing them on the snow ice color, whatever, six cents divine or what, you know, whatever, whatever it is, then those pegs are cleared. There oh, are yeah. people that will go in the store and they will clear that peg. They're going to have them all. Well, I don't have to worry about that. If I can find a, a picture of it online, I can match that color and build it in my shop. <laughs> so, um, so that's, that's the thing I love about bait making is it makes it, makes it super easy um to just kind of build my own and it's really satisfying uh two years ago i won angler of the year on our local uh tour on baits that i made on a custom color that i designed um that nobody else was fishing and nobody else had and i didn't tell anybody about it until (laughs) after we were done and they're like what were you what were you throwing because there would be days where i'd catch 30 fish and nobody else would limit wow and they're like what are you doing and i'm like well i've got a custom color that i worked up and they're like can we see it can we buy some i was like, oh no no no, no. <laughs> after after the trophy then i'll sell you all that you want then it's your best seller yeah yeah there you go well that's cool and i we've we've talked to a, a few different people who make their base and oddly enough that's how a lot of them get started is they they uh are tired of, you know, trying to find either trying to find a color that they want that they can't, or mm-hmm. like you said, they're always gone and then they can never get yeah. the colors that they want. So they're like, you know what, I'm just going to do it myself. And, you know, I, I, I've been toying with the idea of doing the same thing. So uh, definitely interested in maybe getting into that a little bit. Um, yeah. And I, I appreciate, you know, you, you know, I'm definitely going to, we'll, we'll include a link to the TikTok. uh, uh, channel okay. as well because that's that's awesome that you you know to share that kind of info because i know there's people out there uh, we've had guests or um, uh, listeners uh, approach us and ask us to do more on bait making just because i feel like a lot of people it's something that they want to get into so when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply yeah and you know the thing about it is like the setup that i use like i've got i've got some money invested in it that i've built up over time but you could you could do a silicone mold with a small thing of plastisol and some color dye and stuff for less than 100 bucks you could make a lot of bait Mm -hmm. you can make a lot of bait um and so you don't have to go like full injection like you know we've got dual injectors we're running multiple colors and and doing all this stuff through you know 30 different types of molds or whatever like you don't have to do all that you don't have to be extra it's just like if you think of it like a vehicle right there are all kinds of different types of vehicles you can get a i just need to get to work reliable you know 1995 ford taurus or whatever (laughs) and and then you've got you know a brand new aston martin Uh, like you could spend as much money as you want to in bait making um but what I would consider, or what I would hope people would consider is start small and see if you like it first. Right. Because I, I actually tried to make my own baits um, in 2009. Uh, and so there were not a lot of resources out there for it. And there were not a lot of great moles. It was basically like do it 
uh, was kind of the only game in town at that point in time. And I didn't have the money to buy uh, some of the other molds. So I bought like a plastic poly Cinco mold. Okay. And um, didn't read up, didn't ask questions, didn't do any of that. And I knew I had to heat up the plastisol. And then I knew I needed to inject it some way into this mold um, because pouring it like it wasn't working because the hole was too small. And so I went and got a uh, like a liquid uh, antibiotic uh, liquid dispenser <laughs> and sucked it up in there. And then the plastisol just melted the whole thing in my hand and third degree burns. Oh, no. And I think I ended up making like probably 20 baits before I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. I hate it. I, I don't know why anybody would do this. This is dumb. I'll just go buy Zoom and and quit doing it and it was actually the you know the pandemic and um looking for something to to relieve stress mm -hmm. uh, because this is not my day job this is like i have like five different side hustles that i do after five o'clock but uh I, I work in uh the largest hospital in the central texas area in a level one trauma center and so um the days can be very stressful and oh. i needed something to like chill out uh, cause COVID sucked for us. Um, and, uh, so when I was able to join Robert and Angela at RPG outdoors, uh, to just kind of help them, man, it became such a stress reliever and especially in the winter, because I started in the winter when it was really too cold to just be out on the lake all the time and the kayak and stuff, it, I could go in the shed and it was warm and we'd shoot baits and we had a TV up and we just watch old reruns of Gilligan's Island and Perry Mason and shoot baits and just, you know, cut up and be friends. And, and like, it was, it was amazing. And so that became a stress relief outlet for me. Um, and there's a lot of, a lot of folks were like, why are your store shows sold out? Well, I actually shifted from that. So I left the body styles up, but I was selling to just the general public and anybody that came. Um, and it became, it became a job because I wouldn't know or have any contact with the people that would order and they would order like one or two bags. And I never knew if they were happy with them or not. I never got any pictures back. And I was like, eh, this is not great. And, you know, there's monthly fees that go along with e-commerce and everything else like that. And a bunch of reporting. And I was like, let me simplify this. And so I started doing TikToks. And I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm just going to do TikToks. I'm going to shoot baits. And I've got some good customers uh, that want custom stuff. And they just call me or text me and they're like, Hey, I need to get 20 bags of, you know, my special secret sauce. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I got you. Right. And uh, it makes it easier, but I always get pictures back. I always get feedback because I'm always trying to get better. Like if a color is a little bit too dark or a little bit too light, I use recipes. Um, I do a lot of color matches uh, for, for extinct stuff. So like, this is one that I'm working on um, for a color in a, a Don Iovino worm. So Don Alvino is going out of business and he has some really specific colors. And so I had a guy reach out that saw one of my TikTok lives. He's like, Hey, can you match this color? And I was like, man, there are no good pictures of that on the internet anywhere. He's like, I will send you one. I've only Dang. got like three <laughs> packs of these left, but I will mail you one. I said, that's all I need. I just need to see it in person and I will see what I can do. And I made it up for him and mailed him a small sample bag back and he's like holy crap and i'm like i got you and since it's a recipe i can replicate it that's know, awesome yeah 
Right. Um, and so doing everything off a recipe, that means I can tweak my recipe for all of these special requests mm -hmm. and then we can dial it in perfect. And then I can replicate it a thousand out of a thousand times. Um, so uh, I, I get a lot of joy out of that. A lot more joy than just selling e-commerce. Like, we ain't trying to get rich to make baits. I just like seeing people smile when they catch something on a custom color that they thought up in their head. Awesome. Awesome. That's cool. So, um, and I, I love that you're, you know, uh, you know, somebody taught you and now you're teaching as well. So just passing it along. That's, that's very cool too. So, um, well, I, again, uh, Chris, thanks for, uh, taking time out from your, your side hustles and, you know, you know, the craziness <laughs> of everything. I, I truly yeah. appreciate it. And definitely some good info. Um, if folks want to follow along, um, or if they're they're looking to you know see what custom bait you can uh, put together for them, uh, what's the best way to find you and like your social media and stuff? Yeah, so uh, on Facebook we're Paint Outdoors, on Instagram we're Paint Outdoors, and on uh, TikTok we're Paint Outdoors. So that's P A Y N E Outdoors. Um, and man, that's that's uh, our website is PaintOutdoors.com. Okay. Like we're pretty consistent across. <laughs> across that makes it easy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So uh, just check that out. And then uh, my friends are at RPG outdoors. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we'll that's... definitely include a link to that. Um, we'll include a link to the, uh, the Jackson article as well. Perfect. And, and um, also uh, we'll, we'll yeah, show you guys where to find that Usuri hybrid um, and uh, maybe dark sleeper and a couple of the other baits we talked about, but uh Cool, man. Um, that's awesome. I, uh, anything else uh, you wanted to cover? Uh, yeah, open floor. Anything you you got in the works that, you know, yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I, I appreciate the time, and I feel like I've talked about me quite a bit. So what I would <laughs> say is, um, if if you like kayak fishing, um, that probably the best thing that you can do is is teach that to somebody else who needs that in their life. Um, so find a local heroes on the water chapter, like go spend some time, just spend a day with those guys. And because so, for so many of our military vets and first responders, that gives them camaraderie that they may not have local access to. Like luckily in Fort hood, we have a huge retirement group here. A lot of, a lot of people come here and, and, and then they retire here, uh, because the climate's nice. Uh, it's a little different than, you know, in an Alaskan station or, you know, somewhere like that. And, you know, not to brag on Fort hood, but like we've got a bunch of lakes right here, like, <laughs> like a bunch of great lakes right here. And, and so I would say find a local chapter that's to you. There's saltwater chapters, there's freshwater chapters, there's chapters that specialize in rivers and lakes and small ponds. And we do a lot of like uh, private ranches um, because we don't like the public water uh, scene uh, just for safety. Um, go find your local heroes on the water chapter go spend the day just volunteering um they're they're not gonna try to arm wrestle you and make you be the treasurer or <laughs> the president or anything like that first day out um but they they do something amazing i'm so blessed to to be involved in that i was not a service member i have a brother who's a service member uncles uh grandfathers and all of that stuff and uh i've been lucky to work beside a bunch of just great people uh, military vets and obviously first responders I work with every day. Um, and just to see what happens after they push off about that fourth paddle stroke, they just look around like, 
what just happened? It's kind of like if you've ever put on noise canceling headphones and hit the button to do noise cancel and, and it just goes, <laughs> that's, that's the feeling when, when you are living with all of this, you know, this stress and all of these like things in your head, sorry, getting choked up all of these different things in your head and, and just a, 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 10 lifetimes worth of, you know, trauma and stress and, and worry and all of that stuff. And being able to melt that away, even for three or four hours is just priceless. And what you're doing is you're teaching a new coping mechanism mm-hmm. for when life does get tough, because what we do at heroes on the water is something that anybody can replicate with a cheap $200 kayak and a $50 paddle and a life jacket. Like anybody can do that, like 300 bucks and you're on the water replicating what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would, I would urge anybody like, you don't have to spend a nickel with me. Um, but please, please look into, you know, just spending a day uh, with heroes on the water and, and seeing what they do. And I think you will realize that is a, an amazing organization. They're 501 C three, they're national, they're everywhere. Um, I think there's like 65 chapters or something like that now. Um, and I've been lucky enough to work with a lot of, uh, a lot of the kind of corporate, I guess, uh, people who are, are paddlers and who are kayak anglers and who understand it. They're just such good people. You're not going to meet better people. I I just, it's hard for me to think that there are better people on earth than the people who are volunteering their time to do this for our, for our vets, for our active duty service and our first responders. Like go check out heroes on the water.org and there's a chapter finder and go do that. Cool. Well, we will include the heroes on the water link as well. Uh, folks um, definitely go out. Um, I can echo everything that Chris said. Uh, my experience has been exactly the same. You know, um, I was intimidated at first because I also never served in the military. Now I grew up on military bases because my dad worked as a contractor for the military and I have uh, plenty of family that was in the military, but I was like, well, are they going to really, you know, want me? I mean, I never served. And, you know, I know there's some camaraderie there that goes specifically with that, but, um, just uh, the way they open up knowing that they have someone who cares about them and wants to spend time with them and wants them to experience the the joy that we have. Um, it just, it, it instantly melt, melts away any barriers that are there. And uh, so like, like Chris said, just give it a shot, go out, volunteer one time. You're not uh, signing up for anything. It's just, you know, yeah, I think uh, you'll, once you experience it once, it's, it's going to be something that you want to just uh, keep experiencing. Cause it's, it's a very moving thing to see people, uh, you know, fig- find an outlet that is healthy for them. So hundred yeah. percent. All right, man. Well, Chris, well, thanks so much again for coming on. Yeah. I appreciate your time. Um, folks definitely take a look at the show notes and, um, you know, check out Chris and all the things that he has going on, on, um, you know, the socials, the Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And, uh, this has been another episode for Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin podcast, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. You guys have a good night.
Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.